In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a day full of Browns headlines. And I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright, right, right. Jack, where do we start? Where do we start? We've got to go chronological. First deal was done straight off the bat. It's Austin Hooper. Um, so 44 million, which makes him, in terms of cash, the highest paid tight end. But in actual real practice, the cap goes up. So looking at percentages, um, Kelsey is still comfortably the highest paid tight end in that manner. But uh, he's really well paid. It's a market that you're going to see. I think about five record deals in the next 12 months in the tight end position. So it's not going to last long in that area. Um, when Ertz gets extended, Kelsey gets extended. There's just going to be more and more and more. But um, no, he's definitely the uh, highest pay for now. Um, but it was an exciting start off the gate. I would, did not expect the first deal to be announced to be a Browns deal. Out of 10, Jack, how would you rate the... Uh move it's hard because we don't know the contract yet um while we've seen the two headline figures uh, average per year and um guarantees we don't know yet whether it's a two-year deal or three-year deal um because it depends on stuff like the signing bonus when can you cut and the out so we know the guarantee stops after year two but the fact that guarantees might be in year one like a signing bonus that means we need to keep him for that third year changes it but if this is a deal where we can get out in the third year without any real substantial dead cap it's a fantastic deal um it's a really undervalued position market and one where there's nothing really in uh, the draft so you may as well do it in free agency mm. ian right 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 how do you think about the deal Oh, PB Paul Brown. I'm excited. And here's what I like. I think the Browns exploited an inefficiency in the market. They got a 25-year-old tight end. They got him for a relatively shorter amount of time in terms of not going into that five-year contract like we saw the Lions give to that offensive tackle. Um, The thing that's nice is Hooper was – I'm guessing he wanted to get another big free agency payday in a few years, the same with the guy we're going to talk about next. So I thought the Browns did a really good uh, job doing what Jack said. He's the highest paid now. Obviously, Kittle's going to be coming up here. we got these big names that are going to be coming up. So he won't stand on that perch for long. But I do think they took advantage of an inefficiency in the market. They got a big red zone target. And um, I think that it's only going to help bolster their offense and give Baker Mayfield some really nice safety valves. And how does that look for the rest of our tight end room? Do we have anyone left? I saw that P. Brown got um, potentially uh, brought back uh, next year. Is uh, Ricky Seals still around? They were never going to um, give him an RFA tender. Um, he's not that valuable. Um, he's going to hit free agency. And then it wouldn't surprise me if they sign him to bring him back. But um, 
he, he just was never going to be a uh, signing they were going to pay over £2 million a year to um, because he's, he's not proved anything yet. Yeah, you'll have Najoku. You'll have Ricky Seals-Jones, obviously, back in the mix. You know, Farrell Brown's another one, Steven Carlson. Those are probably your five. Um, I'm not missing anyone, I think. But for the most part, it's a pretty weak tight end draft class. So I think the Browns can steer to the defensive side of the ball and just leave the tight end room alone for now. Excellent. Then after that, what happened, Jack? So the next bit of news is Conklin. Um, the number one offensive tackle is a right tackle available. Had one good year last year. Injury passed. Been okay before that, but not really in the two years before that. So it's betting on the short term of can he sustain that high level and can he remain healthy? It was two things we really don't know. It's the one really good thing about this was it's a three-year deal. So if he can do those three years, we can get him back out onto the market and try to turn that into, say, a third-round comp pick. Um, so it's a nice short deal is sort of the upside. Um, it's a lot. It's $14 million a year, um, which puts him up there as one of the highest-paid uh, offensive tackles. But it was a desperate need, and if that's what it takes to get it solved, it will hopefully help Baker Mayfield going forward. How do you feel, Ian, about that... Uh price we're paying for someone like Jack? Well, again, what we did, I think Conklin's 25, turns 26 later this year. If I'm, if I'm reading correctly in the tea leaves, his most effective trait is his effectiveness in run blocking in outside zone. So I think that really fits what Stefanski wants to do. I think that one of my biggest fears was starting two rookie tackles. Um, Come day one, you know, we only have this limited two-year window to win now with this team. So getting Conklin in, he's a guy who's experienced. You know, he comes as an effective blocker. You know, Derrick Henry obviously did won the rushing title last year running behind him. I always enjoy Big Ten linemen. You know, Conklin's a guy out of Michigan State um, that I really like. And if you remember right, Conklin was actually drafted by the Titans in the pick that the Eagles gave us for Carson Wentz. So the Eagles come up to get Wentz. We moved back. Then the Titans moved up to that pick. And then from there, we ended up dropping back, and I think, and taking that bust named Corey Coleman. Um, but, yeah, so it's kind of full circle. Conklin's now coming to the Browns. I think it solidifies that right side of the line. My guess is Callahan's pretty happy with what he has in the interior. You know, you got Forbes, Teller, and those guys there in the middle. Um, so that puts a sure thing there on the right side. I think Baker will be happy about this one. Yeah, he was taken eighth in the, uh, in the 2016 draft. Yeah. And that's just, it just shows you the value they put on him there. They had Luan and Conklin and they were, you know, let, they ended up creating the league's top rusher. So, um, let's hope Stefanski now he has two tight ends, a right tackle. Let's get this offense humming, baby. Are you, Jack, are you more excited about this or the tight end? Which, which one out of the two excites you the most? Oh, Hooper's a deal that I've probably gone for an Ebron or depending on what he goes for, uh, Conklin wouldn't have been one I'd make just because that's a lot of risk you're putting in um, and a big investment just with injury history and everything else. But yeah, it, it fills a hole. So there's definitely, I'd say, more upside to the Hooper deal. Um, whereas Conklin, if he plays to the level he was last year, 
then he's still not going to achieve the value in the contract he is. It's just the way um, all of the data says you don't sign good offensive tackles in free agency. So if you think he's any good, you have to ask yourself, why aren't the Titans interested in him? And that's something you have to sit there and you have to ask the Falcons obviously blew the cap so that there's a reason there but why would the Titans go actually Derek Henry's really important to us Jan Conklin's not there isn't a rationale argument there so you have to wonder and I don't think we're going to see three good years out of him just because you're looking at injury history um, you look at an unstable position but let's see. How does it leave us going into the draft? Um, do we we still definitely going to take uh, O line first pick? You think? I'm but not convinced of that. At the moment, we have got no left tackle. So um, unless, and it is a long way to go. We're, we've got a month and a bit of free agency. You're going to see lots of other players fly around, but. While left tackle is an empty position, you've got several empty starters. You've got no nickel corner. You've got no starting strong safety. You've got no starting free safety. Um, You've got no no starting linebackers in the entire roster. Um, It's one that it's far too early to be predicting that. Sorry, I cut you off, mate. Oh, you're you're fine. One of those things that we have to look at, especially with Tennessee – I mean, we could talk about the Ryan Tannehill contract, but they obviously prioritized their money. They got in Tannehill for an ungodly number. They obviously franchise tagged Derrick Henry, and they're paying Taylor Lewan big money, and then they're also paying Roger Saffold big money. So they have a lot of money already allocated on that offensive line. And I talked to one of my buddies who's a Titans fan, and you know, it was one of those ones I think they didn't want to let him get to free agency, but – they weren't going to give him what his agent wanted. And that's, you know, we could talk a little bit about it. I read that he's getting 20 million upfront in year one of his 40 million that he's getting total. So the Browns really front loaded this deal, which I'm sure is what he went to them and said, Hey, I want to hit free agency at 28 again and get another big payday. Um, so we need that. I want that money up front. The Titans just aren't in a position to do that. So I think that's one of the things that really kind of maybe created his reasoning for leaving and there's another guy on the defensive side of the ball Javon Hargrave who's kind of in the similar boat the Steelers have you know Dupree on one side they got TJ Watt on the other they got Cam Hayward in the middle you can't pay Hargrave what he's worth and you know allocate the money that way so I thought like I said the Browns did a good job of staying in a you know in an area of the market where they could be comfortable not load big contracts into the years when we need to extend that core And uh, Jack, anything else more about that you want to discuss? Or Yeah, in terms of front loading, it's not something that really matters too much at this stage. It's one that we're going to get into issues down the line, sort of um, once Baker's done, once um, Miles is done, because there's so much cap roller, rollover rolling around that it probably isn't too much different. But the sort of one upside can be that We've paid more this year, so we'll lose money on the back end. But you can open up for a trade to move him on or other options if you don't want to keep him. Um, obviously, 
it's where and it's going to see when we see how these deals break out in terms of the guarantees and dead cap when can we actually get rid of players um, and that's the key question because free agents look at most of them they rarely ever perform up to a level Gilmore is probably the only one I can think of in tier one free agency that have performed up to that level the honey badger didn't even perform up to the level of the deal he was given and he I think they even gave him an all pro for some bizarre reason last year so um, it's one that you might be happy that you get tier one free agents they nearly always fail um, to live to that value so you take the rough with a smooth um, hopefully there's not many more out there that we're going for yeah and I think what happens is you look at even the Lions they sign Vitae and they five years 50 million we, I, was, I kind of joked out on Twitter I said we thought the Chris Hubbard contract was bad and the Lions said hold my beer guys but, um, you know, I think offensive line is an expensive uh, price. I mean, I think Anthony Costanzo got a big deal. I mean, even uh, Rick, Ricky Wagner um, got a big deal with the Packers relative to just getting cut by the Lions. So it was one of those ones where you knew you were going to overpay in free agency. Um, get him in there. If anything, and it helps Baker be a little bit more comfortable, then I think that it ends up being worth it. But um, it's good that they got him in. They obviously made up their mind. You know, Callahan had to sign off on this. And, you know, at this point, I'm willing to trust him when it comes to the O-line. But remind me, when Greg Robinson got kicked out of the first game last year for kicking the guy, was it Kendall Lamb that went in and played left tackle? Kendall Lamb went in, I think, for one snap and got injured. And then he got hurt, right? Yeah. So do we know if he actually can play left tackle or was that just kind of a, a plug and play? I think it was more just a plug and play desperation. Um and I, I'm not crediting <laughs> that coaching staff with doing anything thought out and sensible. So uh, we, we will have to see. Um, they'll definitely add another person. You're going to have four tackles on the roster. Um, so um, there's two more coming in. Um, one, yeah, is going to be either day one or day two in the draft and what they do with the other one. Who knows? It's something we'll find out. Yeah, because right now you've got Lamb, Conklin, um... So they're going to dump Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're looking okay. I mean, they're definitely stronger in the middle. They're definitely going to have to bring in another tackle. But I think this really does open the door for my guy, Isaiah Simmons. Jack, Jack shaking, shaking his head. Tell us more, Jack. What are you thinking? Running backs to the defense? No, thank you. Shots fired. Shots fired. No way. The guy can do everything. It, 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 king of everything king at nothing uh, quite frankly jack of all trades master of none you're calling him the king of everything i'll take it it's a let's let's talk about uh case keenum then we're going to come on to this three offensive uh new um browns players and no defense i think that's a nice interesting topic we can discuss in a minute but yeah let's finish it off with uh case and keenum what's your views there jack it's a lot of money um six million a year for what would be my question it's case Keenum's only going to play if Baker goes down so you have to ask yourself do if Baker goes down are we going to win and if you're if you're coming from this from the angle of we need a really good backup because um we want to maintain that level of play if Baker goes down then you obviously believe that the gap between case Keenum and Baker is rather small and if it's rather small 
and you think you can then go get a first for Baker Mayfield, you're effectively saying get rid of Baker Mayfield. So there is no sense to me on this trade because you could take that six million and you can go get a starting strong safety, you get a starting slot corner, a player that is going to make an impact on nearly 100% of defensive snaps. And instead, we're going to put in, a, in that money into a guy that if he gets onto the field, something's gone seriously wrong. Um, so personally, you've got such a limited cap that you don't want to be spending that money. If we had a quarterback with a serious injury history, maybe like a Wentz, then yeah, I, I can sort of get it that you're scared or your quarterback's coming off a bad injury. There's none of that with Baker. So for me, spend the money where it matters. Spend it on a player that's actually going to play. If Baker goes down, barring some absolute luck, and anyone that tells you Nick Foles won it because Nick Foles is a really good quarterback, why is Nick Foles... luck it's a waste of money um and nothing's going to convince me otherwise and if you are banging the drum going no case keen was worth it stand on that high horse and bang the table to trade baker mayfield because that is what you are saying jack he just he jack just fell off the rails there so we got to bring him back to the rails here so Here's the thing. Maker's obviously on his rookie deal, even though he's the number one pick in the draft. This isn't, you know, 2005 when Sam Bradford's making 55 million guaranteed. So you bring Keenum in. He has a familiarity with Stefanski in the offense. Yes, I get the point that if you're paying um, Keenum more, you're in essence saying he's not that much better or Baker's not much, that much better than him. I get it. But what you need is you need somebody that understands the system that's able to communicate that. We did the same thing with, um, what's his name, uh, Drew Stanton. You know, a lot of teams, the Saints did it with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, obviously Breeze was older, so it's a little bit different of a situation. But you don't – I'm curious to see how this contract is structured. My guess is it's either going to be a year or two and then it'll be done and that'll be the end of it. But they need somebody in that can figure out how to get this – offense instilled with Baker and in the event something happens you have somebody that can come in and win you a game I don't really have a problem with it it's we know it's at least 10 million guaranteed so it's definitely going to be two years um if if you aren't competent confident in your coach doing a job why are you paying Stefanski um because coach should be able to coach um if you look at other quarterbacks, they go out there and get the job done. Um, you you had Mahomes had sort of one year with Alex Smith and has been fine since. Um, loads of quarterbacks just go and get the job done. Um, if you've got a good coach, coach is going to coach. And yes, Baker's on his rookie deal, but it's not like we're sitting on a a massive amount of yearly cap space. We've overspent the cap and it's going to be another year where we overspend the cap because we're running at an unsustainable level. Um, we are living still off Sashi Brown's cap rollover. Um, so two gem- gems on and we're still living on that past rollover that's left there. That's not going to last much longer. So moves where you're going, this extra money that could go on a miles extension, could go on a Baker extension. We're going, actually, let's keep shortening the window. Because when people say, oh, there's a two-year window left, 
all of these moves are cutting that window down. Um, you could have turned that two-year window into a six, seven-year window, but the moves of the last gym and moves like this one limit that window again and just constantly take some life out of it. But just Jack, to give you guys what, a little thing Jack, real quick. What callback did you want though, mate, as your backup, ideally? Uh, just someone that's dirt cheap. Someone that you're paying one, one and a half million to. Um, Huntley, but who's that guy? Chase Daniels? Chase Daniels, Huntley, Bortles, any of those quarterbacks. I'm, I'm not entirely bothered because if that quarterback's in, you're not in a good place. Um, it's, it's not like you're suddenly going, oh, Keenum's in, yeah. Let's run the table. There's eight games left. It, you're not confident in that. Obviously, if they go, we're really not sure on Baker and end up trading Baker in a year's time, hey, that might be something they're looking at behind the scenes because they're really, really not confident in him. We really don't know. And if that is where they go, hey, I can't see that from outside the building, but that might be a conversation they had. Yeah, I think when you're talking about Chase Daniel, you're talking about a veteran, so I think he'd cost you a little bit more. Uh, Brett Hundley, listen, I was a huge Brett Hundley fan coming out of college. The problem he's had is he's just not any good. I mean, he's only beaten the Browns. He came in and beat a winless Browns. He, he, he got beat out by Deshaun Kaiser. Backups don't matter. They do. You, it, it, are you telling me the slot, slot corner doesn't matter because you've taken money away and you're potentially going to put someone much worse in starting in slot corner, a position where potentially you want to put Isaiah Simmons and you're going, actually, let's take the money away from a, a Dennard, a player that could really be making a difference and go... Now, let's put that into a backup quarterback instead. But what's one position that has not signed any free agent deals yet? Cornerback. But any um, cornerbacks. Because my guess is Chris Harris, um, what's the guy from Minnesota, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, all these guys probably want more than what the market's dictating. So what happens is, is when you're in free agency and you have the ability to take advantage of a market inefficiency, you do it. Now, for example, we're talking about Tennessee. Tennessee lets Jack Conklin go. Jack Conklin comes to the Browns' front-loaded deal. So if you remember right, once Lawan got suspended, they brought in some guy, Dennis Kelly. Kelly just signed a three-year, $21 million deal, $9 million guaranteed. So they had somebody in-house where they're like, all right, we can let him go. We can replace it here because we need to allocate the money here. The Browns will have that flexibility. I mean, we have Greedy on a rookie deal. We have uh, Denzel on a rookie deal. The issue I think you're right is in safety. But my guess is a guy like Trey Boston, who you like, you're going to find a veteran at that position that you could bring in to manage the cap. I think Barry has done a nice job in the first day of making an impact that we want to win now. He hasn't spent crazy. That's the one thing that even $10 million for a backup quarterback, what's the average quarterback salary? And hell, maybe we have Keenan for a year and trade him. I don't know. I mean, you, you give yourself endless possibilities. That's if, why I don't really have a problem with it. If Keenum's that good, why is he not the Bears starting quarterback? Who knows? Okay. They might go and sign because Teddy Bridgewater. But... Well, because the Bears gave all that cap, uh, gave all the draft capital to Mitchell Trubisky. Now they want to bring in broke shoulder Nick Foles. He's a possibility. Andy Dalton's a possibility. But either way, you're looking at shifting money. So the Bears realistically could have a top three quarterback top two quarterback, I'm sorry, as a backup to Andy Dalton. So you have to win now with the roster you have. And if that involves allocating, what's Baker going to make this year? Six million, seven million? 
So, so say, say you have 15 million in guaranteed money between Baker and Case Keenum, then you're still a win. But you can't just look at one or two position rooms and go, you're cheap here. It, that's fine if you're going, let's get rid of one or two wide receivers. We're going to have the most expensive wide receiver room in the NFL again when Sammy Watkins gets cut. So just because you're cheap in a position like quarterback, we're, that money's already spent. We're already over the NFL salary cap. We're going to see that again this year. And it's you can't just pick one or two positions where we're actually much cheaper because there's other positions where we're much more expensive and you have to make decisions and going no one signed yet at the stock corner. Yeah, but that's still going to be 6 million that if you're for me, everyone that's earning 6 million or more should be a starter on your NFL roster or obviously on a rookie contract, but all those six and above that starter money that's not backup money, even if it's a, a position as important as quarterback. But you have the Browns who are saving money at corner, saving money at quarterback, saving money at running back. I mean, they have three positions. And don't get me wrong, I'm on board with you when saying that all running backs should be paid low because, hell, look, Todd Gurley's name's out there. Devontae Freeman got cut. And now you got David Johnson getting traded for DeAndre Hopkins. So the NFL is going madness. And I think that that's one of the issues you're going to run into. That's why the Titans only tagged Derrick Henry. But the Browns, now you have linebacker. I mean, hell, Kwiatkowski's getting $21 million from the Raiders. You know, you just have certain guys that just don't fit what you're trying to do for the money they're trying to do it in. So if you have these abilities to spend the money that you normally would have at these prime positions somewhere else, just do it. I mean, I'd like to see the details of that Keenum contract. That's more, I will say, when I first read it, I was like, that's a little higher than I'd have thought. I'd like to see it, how it breaks down. But at the end of the day, $10 million guaranteed for a backup. I don't, I don't, I just don't have a problem with it. Well, so it's a t- it's a tough one, guys. You have got different views on it. Um, let's see how it pans out. Who knows? Baker Mayfield could go down. I hope not in the first game, and it could work out a great thing, or it could be a complete waste of money for the uh, Browns for the next uh, one or two years. I mean, Graham Glasgow got twenty five million guaranteed. Anybody know who he was before here? Yep, I'll say I only do because of the Big Ten. But you don't spend money on the interior, though. That's something that we need to start getting rid of. It's like there, there's no point spending that. Spend it on your tackles, um, whether it's draft capital, whether it's uh, salary cap, go much cheaper on the interior. The line is not actually that great, um, despite all the hype. And that actually, I'd like to lead that. Paul, what do you think about, I, I'm going to ask Jack and I want to hear it. So Paul, when you saw that the San Francisco 49ers traded a first or traded the Colts to the first round for a first round pick to get DeForest Buckner. Now, in essence, what they're doing is they're saying, we're going to make interior pass rush that valuable. I'm curious what your guys' first thoughts on that, because I like DeForest Buckner. I like him when he came out of Oregon. But that was a hefty price to pay. $21 million a year and a first round. The look on Jack's face is priceless. Sorry, Ian, we had a bit of a technical issue there. Um, but I think we got the uh, most of it. Jack? Um, for me, I'm not, I'm not spending that in the interior. Obviously, yeah, we've got a couple of positions, uh, a couple of players in there. Donald's the obvious one. Uh, you've got Fletcher Cox. I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else that really stands out to me as sort of that game-changing 
there's a few. Um, Chris Jones, probably in that mix. Grady Jarrett. Am I paying that money to any of them? No, not really. Um, for sort of a really good one, but not that sort of two, three, four elite players. For me, I'm not spending that much money on my defense as a whole. Um, and if I'm spending it anywhere, it's going and spent into coverage. I like the fact that if we're spending on players, it is on the offense. It's an offensive league. Um, that's where wins come from. And there's lots of people unhappy that PFF threw out a stat and said, not who's better, who is the most fun to watch. In terms of when it comes to winning, who did more for their team last year, Miles Garrett or Golden Tate? And it goes against conventional wisdom because Golden Tate, because he's on offense, because he plays a more important position, possibly because he played a few more games. I don't know what the game total sum up was for uh, Golden Tate next to Miles Garrett, but that matters more. And it is a stark difference. The more and more that changes, and while we bang the drum and go, quarterback's the most important position, well, you've got to look around who makes a quarterback good. Wide receiver is one of the most important positions. If you put poor wide receivers out there with a quarterback, that quarterback ain't going to be that great. And really investing in positions there. Defensive interior, nah, I'm not that hyped on it. I think you could look at like a guy like Linval Joseph that came out of Minnesota, one of those veteran guys to plug in there next to Ogunjobi, somebody that's not looking for a lot of money that's just trying to get in there. Because you got Sheldon Richardson, you got Ogunjobi. Like I said, I'd look, if there's a veteran out there looking for some cash, I'd consider it. But yeah, I just, when I saw $21 million in a first round pick, I, hell, DeAndre Hopkins didn't even go for that much. And I know that uh, Bill O'Brien doesn't like him, but that is a, just an insane amount of money to me. Yeah, I'll go Pierce or Harris. Um, shall, shall we, Harris? Yeah, yeah, the guy from Denver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of them two. Uh, Ogan Joby's not good enough to start. Uh, fans aren't going to like that. That's the truth. Why? Look yeah. at his grade last year. The most effective thing he did was knock over uh, Mason Rudolph after Miles Garrett concussed him. That's about the only time I ever saw him actually hit somebody on a football field. Guys, here's my Pro Bowl call he was last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a swing and a miss. That, that's not one I'd ever actively repeat. I wonder if Paul gets rid of that in edits. I actually, I actually think Paul ran into the panda faster than Ogunjobi ran into the uh, offensive line last year. Uh, I've just gone to the uh, next gen. And they have confirmed that is actually true. We love you, Paul. Um, guys, we've got eight minutes left. I want to ask uh, my, my uh, question to you guys is, Nothing done on the defense side yet with the Browns. Are you concerned at all, Jack? No. And long may it continue. Um, we do need a slot corner. We pro- need a safety. Um, that will come. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried. Um, uh, do we need the biggest of names? Oh, I, don't, I never liked tier one free agency. So um, it wouldn't bother me if that's something that happens tomorrow. But, like, we're super light still on the linebacker position. Yeah, running backs of their defense. Ian? Uh, I don't know about all that. I will say I think Jack's point earlier about them focusing on the offensive side of the ball because, yes, you do need to spend a little bit more money on the offense. I think defense is about staying young, staying athletic, and getting guys that are hungry. The one thing I've always said is sometimes when these guys get their money, they always say, ooh, that hamstring's just a little bit tighter. 
I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to take advantage of some good contracts, good deals on the defensive side of the ball. Like I said, we had the one right law bears linebacker go to the Raiders. Uh, what do you actually Christian Kirksey, 16 million to the Packers. That's steep. I know he's going back with Mike Pettin, so I think that's a good pl- landing place for him. But we really haven't seen a lot of motion on the defensive side of the ball. So I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of that coming here for kind of that mid-tier. And then I would, like I said, I've been saying it since day one. I really want a defensive playmaker uh, on the defensive side of the ball in the draft. So who knows? They might be listening. Depot, Depot. Jack shaking his head. Depot says no, no. Depot says Ian knows. Oh, I like that. All right, guys. Anything else you want to discuss on the podcast? Time is ticking away. Ian, anything on your chest that you want to get off? Anything really surprised you guys that you saw today and went, whoa, was there anything out there that you saw? Franchise tagging and then setting them up to trade disgusts me. Um, it's still <laughs> the fact they've allowed it into the CBA is wrong. Um, I hate it. If you ta- franchise tag a player... You should be forced to keep them for the entire year. Um, there should be no trade options on those. Um, but poor old Texans fans, uh, what an absolute joke. I hope the NFL considers what they do with trades because that should not be allowed in this league. Um, a second and Hopkins, uh, a second and a washed out running back for Hopkins is just a joke. Bill O'Brien deserves to be thrown in prison. Um, it is that bad. Would you throw uh, the coach Bill Bryan or the GM Bill Bryan? Which one? I'd throw the owner in there for allowing him to uh, still have a job. A yeah. uh, question for you, uh, Ian. Out of 10, how would you rate Barry's performance in free agent today? Ooh, I think he's off strong. I think I'm going, I think I'm going with an eight. You know, I think that he identified some areas. Um, you know, we had heard a lot that um, – Bill Callahan really was kind of working on that interior part of the line. They really got to feel that right guard spot. So I think either, you know, Forbes or Teller or even uh, McCray, you know, give him a shot in there. One of those guys has to win that job because we got to solidify that. Um, so I thought Barry did a good job going out, getting the backup quarterback. Jack hates that makes me love it even more. Gets the right tackle that we uh, that can really focus on the outside running zone, um, which will help with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. We saw that they gave an exclusive rights tender to Dontrell Hilliard, Kaderil Hodge, and um, your your buddy that you don't like, that whose name escapes me right now. Uh, Farrell Brown. Farrell Brown. That's the other one they gave the exclusive P. Brown. P. Brown. Um, so you can kind of see what their plan is. You know, and I, I just – Austin Hooper, 6'4", giant red zone target. David Njoku can jump through the roof. Another red zone target, middle of the field. I think that's going to be a lethal lethal duo. Breaking news to Giants. Just got a cornerback. Wow. There you go, Jack. There's your cornerback. James Bradbury, 45 million, 32 million guaranteed to the Giants. How many years? Three. Three. Three years, $32 million guaranteed to a guy that got roasted in Carolina like a Thanksgiving Day turkey. The one thing not many people have brought up regarding Austin Hooper is that potentially sets the table perfectly for moving on one of these two wide receivers next year because um, the game's becoming more positionless, especially with over-the-middle stuff. Um, slot corners and tight ends is coming a blurred line. So... Um, where they might have two great weapons in a Joku if he steps forward and Hooper, it might clear the way for a Landry or 
or OBJ, I think more likely Landry next year because they've got to move one off cap-wise. So um, it gives you them different options. So um, it's something to keep an eye on. But it's hard to gauge at this stage. You need to see the complete picture uh, because they're going to be working off some sort of board and sort of pattern for where they want to fill the gaps. So off-season is difficult to take just one day when we almost need to see the whole of free agency and then sort of pair in the draft and how that works. But uh, no, I like the Hooper move. Um, Conklin and Keenum, a lot less. So. Jack, give me a number out of 10, mate. Five? So negative. It's, hey, it's, a, t- it's a typical Jack number. You call me negative over John Dorsey. Everyone said, oh, he's the best thing coming since sliced bread. And why is he not in the league? When was the oh. last time you sliced bread, Jack? We know you don't slice your own bread. You buy that pre-sliced stuff. I, I, I haven't eaten bread. I'm actually dieting. And, uh, only one pound away from uh, losing two stone in, since the Super Bowl. It's like the day after the Super Bowl. So, You're in uh, good shape, mate, to be honest. Congratulations. No, uh, I'm eating well, and that doesn't actually mean any bread, unfortunately. So, um, well, so, guys, I, I think we're in for another exciting stuff. If one of the, I didn't mean to cut you off, Paul. Like I said, I think there's a lot more to go. I think the Browns are not done. Um, I still think, I mean, all the things came out that like Jack and I said about Olivier Vernon, they're not talking about it. They don't have to move on from him. Don't. So I think we're going to see a lot over the next 24 to 48 hours before that league year starts. I'm going to go with, I'm going to. Don't say seven. I, I never say seven. So it puts me in an awkward position. <laughs> so it's either a six or an eight. And for that reason, I'll probably go with an eight. That's what uh, I'm talking about, Paul. I'm Join the club, baby. Move. I'm not just that, trying to that means suck it's your a ass there, Ian. But, um, mighty disaster of an off-season. <laughs> it would have been Give me the It would have been an easier eight if uh, Case Keenan wasn't in the mix. But um, I couldn't go with seven, so uh, I'm quite Listen, excited. Somebody's got to hand the ball off to Dontrell Hilliard in practice, and there's no better person to do it than Case Keenum, the former Houston Cougar. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Jack, where can people find your details? His Twitter is at Jack Duffin. Ian? At Ian19. Guys, I just got to say, excellent podcast, loads of energy. You can find me on TikTok, Paul Brown, number one. If you want to see me rugby tackling a panda, that's the only place on social media where you'll find it. I want to see the next three free agent signings all on the defensive side of the ball. Where do I go find that? Not from Uh, Jack Duffin. Another team. Bye. (laughs) Go Browns. Go Browns. Let's do this. Hoo, 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 hoo.